Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, can you guys give it up for the band real quick? That was... That was absolutely amazing. That was absolutely amazing. I'm Patrick. Um, for those, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I said this first service. I almost said this service too. It, it is um, it is it's good to be home. It's good to be home. This is this is home for us. Um, Journey's home for us. I mean, I now live in Asheville, uh, working at another church. But um, I just wanted to say this, man. I have to make sure I. Um, give love to Journey Community Church because you guys have been absolutely phenomenal and amazing to my family. Um, and not only that, typically things like this does not happen. And a lot of reason why I'm even here is because of the heart and the love that Pastor Bobby has for the gospel that he has for Jesus Christ, that he sees that the church is bigger than any position that anybody has. So can you guys give it up for Pastor Bobby, man? Thank you so much for allowing me to be back to hang out uh, with you guys. And uh, it's going to be an amazing day. But before we dive into God's word, can we just pray and ask God to continue to bless his service? God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much, God, for an opportunity just to be here with these amazing people. We ask God that you bless his service, that you continue to bless his service. God bless his word. I pray, God, that you hide me behind the cross, that your people see all of you and none of me. Thank you so much, God, that we get to do this. Together as a family, we ask God that you bless everything that will take place. Open our eyes that we may see your word, your ears that we may hear your word, and our heart that we may receive your word. And God, we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you have your way in this place as well as in our lives. Pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you guys have been in a series called Grace So Free, and today I have the opportunity to kind of close out the service Uh, Whenever you talk about grace, the Bible kind of describes grace as God's unmerited favor that he gives towards men. So for the past few weeks, Pastor Bobby's talked about it. Tracy's talked about it. It's been an amazing series. I've been watching several of the series online, just kind of make sure that I stay in tune with with everything that is taking place, and everything that is going on. But whenever we look out the, the whole Bible, we see grace throughout the whole Bible. We see God's kind of infusing himself in the, no, in the story of Noah when he asked Noah to build an ark. We also see grace being um, and, and put it into Abraham and Sarah when they didn't believe. And even though they didn't believe, God still allowed grace to be displayed in their life. We also see grace in the lives of Joseph when Joseph is thrown into prison, but we see God's unmerited favor on him. We see it in the life of Moses, who said he could not speak and doubted God time after time after time. But God still allowed his amazing grace to be on Noah. We also see it in the life of the Israelites, who constantly disobeyed God over and over and over again. Kind of reminds me of us, because we constantly disobey God over and over again. But because of God's amazing grace, he allows us to do the certain things that we do. We also see it in Rahab, who was a prostitute who bravely um, helped um, God's people. But even though despite her past sins, God still showed his grace towards us. We see it in the life of David, who lusted, who killed, who did so many different things. But even in the midst of all that, God still allowed his grace to be on David. 
While all these stories are absolutely great, the greatest story and the greatest picture of grace is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is the cross of Jesus Christ. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. God has given us amazing grace. In, in Luke chapter 23, when you, if you have time to kind of read through the whole chapter, what is happening in the text is that Jesus has getting ready to be, he's getting ready to be crucified. And being the fact he's getting ready to be crucified, the people have a decision to make whether they're going to pick Barabbas or Jesus. The people pick Barabbas. Barabbas, who was a notorious killer, he did so many bad things, but the people, because of their envy, they wanted him instead of Jesus. So they crucified Jesus because of their envy. But it made me ask this question. It made me ask this question. Why is the cross this greatest picture of grace? Like, like why? Like, why is that? But let's read the text real quick, and I'm going to dive into four points, and then we're going to worship at the end. So here we go. This is what it says in Luke chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes and cast by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God, God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They um, offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written notice above him, which, which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who's hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve, that this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The cross is the greatest picture that we will ever see of grace. It's the greatest picture. But why is the cross the greatest picture of grace? The first reason why the cross is the greatest picture of grace is this. It identifies the, story, the, the hero or the star of the story. It identifies who, who the story is all about. From the beginning to the end, it has always been about Jesus. Always been about him. It's not about your kids. It's not about your wife. It's not about anybody else. It's always been about Jesus. One of my favorite movies is Rocky. Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4. They can keep Rocky 5. They can keep that one. So whenever I watch Rocky, man, you will always see Rocky kind of at the center of everything that was taking place. Even when he's training, it's always about Rocky, always about him. And his favorite thing was like, Adrian, I love you, Adrian. For those that have never watched the movie, you may want to go check that out. That's for us old people in the room. But the story was always about Rocky. I mean, it's in the name. The story that we have is about Jesus. It starts and ends with him. He is identified as the main cast in the story. He is the main character in the story. We're in the story, but he is the main character. Whenever you go to the movie, they always give those credits and they kind of show who's the star of the movie. The star of this movie is Jesus. 
It is not us. It is Jesus. And the reason why Jesus is the star of the story, because in the text, this is what it says. It says, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the, uh, the criminals, one on this right and one on this left. Who is in the middle of everything that's taking place? Jesus. He is at the center of everything that takes place in our lives. The problem with a lot of us is that they we have moved Jesus from the center of our lives and we put him on the right and on the left. And then we wonder why things are not going the way they should go in our lives. It's because God is not there at the center of what you're doing. He has to be at the center of your marriage. He has to be at the center when it comes raising your kids. It is always and always be about him. Why? Because he was willing to take on the sins of humanity so that we could have everlasting life. It is all about Jesus. That is the starting point. So when we talk about the cross, we got to talk about Jesus. When we talk about our lives, we got to talk about Jesus. When you come to church every single Sunday, we're talking about Jesus. He was innocent. He was willing to take on the humanity's sin, the burden of sin, so that we can have life and have life to the fullest. The Bible says in, in this in Isaiah 53, I'm talking about, it says that we, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. It is all about him. And the reason why it's about Jesus is this. It's because of his humility and his holiness. It all starts with him. So you, you can't get to the cross without having Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. So you ask yourself the question, like, why is the cross the greatest example of grace? It's because of Jesus. It all starts there. And in order for us to be able to even practice humility and holiness, we've got to be, we got to start somewhere and we got to start with him. If we start anywhere else besides Jesus, we're doing it all wrong. We're doing it all wrong. It all starts with Jesus. The Bible says this in John 10 and 10 says the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have life to the fullest. It's always been about Jesus. From the beginning in Genesis 3 and uh, Genesis 3 and 15, it started with him. The problem is, is that we have kicked Jesus out of schools. We've kicked Jesus out of our lives and we're trying to fix things without Jesus being the center of every single thing in our lives. When Jesus is removed is when you have problems. The second reason, the second reason the cross is a great example, uh, a great example of grace is this, because it invites those who needs God's grace. It invites those who needs God's grace. This is what the Bible says in verse 34. He said, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of times we don't know what we're doing. We are jacked up people. I guess I'm not supposed to say that in church. I don't know, but we're messed up. On our best day, man, we can't get it together. And when you read the text, every single person that was there at the cross needed God's grace. But they didn't realize they needed God's grace because they were more concerned about killing him than saving him. But this is the thing. It had to happen in order for us to have an invitation to receive God's grace. If the cross never happened, none of the stuff that we do would mean nothing at all. But because the cross happens, God has invited us to receive his grace. Every single person that was around the cross that day was a sinner in need of God's grace. Every single person. 
They insulted him. They threw things at him. They mocked him. And they didn't realize that they were really, they were hanging the person that can give, give grace to them. When was the last time you said to somebody, man, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. When was the last time you said to your wife, forgive her. She don't know what she doing. She don't have a clue what she doing. Now, if you get hit in your side, don't blame it on me. Like, when was the last time you said to your kids, like, man, they are just, Bobby said, bat crap crazy, that's what it is. They are. They are absolutely bat crap crazy. They have lost all their mind. All of it. A couple years ago, we were headed um, to a camp. And we had two buses full of kids, leaders. We're headed to a camp. And um, we probably get about halfway uh, from the campsite. I get a phone call from my wife, and she's like, um, Pat, one of the kids on the bus have decided that they're going to um, they're gonna vape on the bus. And so I get the phone call. I said, hey, tell the leader to say, say something to them and, you know, and let them deal with it. The leader said something to them, and nobody confesses at all that they did. I said, okay, don't worry about it. I said, we're going to stop this bus on I-20, and I'm going to get on this bus, and this thing about to get real. It about to be some furniture moving up in this joker right here. I'm telling you right now. Somebody about to get some, get, get some grace and some mercy right now. I'm telling you, it's about to go down. So we stop the bus on I-20. I get off the bus, off one of the bus, get on the other bus. I come on the bus and I come on that thing. And I mean, like you could see steam coming from my head. I was so mad. I said, who did it? Like, you, you know how when you get mad, your voice changes. I'm like, who did it? T tell me right now. And all the kids look like. And, and one of the kids kind of, you know how they can kind of tell on one another. They did like this. <laughs> and so I looked at the guy and I said, um, I said, I said, come here for a second. I said, you did it. No, sir. No, sir. No. I said, man, look. As a parent, you got, this, I'm telling you, this stuff works. I promise you it works. You got one more time. You're going to tell me the truth now or it's about to go down. Kids said, yes, sir. And then my lovely wife comes up to me. Pat, don't send him home. You need to give him a little grace. I'm like, are you serious right now? Needless to say, I gave the kids some grace. He ended up staying at camp. He comes to me and apologizes for what he had did. And I allowed him to stay. Said all that to say this. That kid needed grace. And the only reason why I could even recognize that he needed grace was because my wife told me he needed grace. <laughs> because I was in my flesh that day. But he needed grace. And because he needed grace, that kid continued to keep coming to student ministry on Wednesday night. Because I invited grace into his life. I gave him grace. That's what God does for us. He didn't deserve it, but God gave him grace and he was able to stay. And that's what God does for us. Every single person at the cross needed grace that day. And the reason why they needed grace is this, because they were apathetic and they were arrogant. They had no concern about what was going on in the moment. They were only concerned about crucifying him. They were not focusing on G Jesus was not the star of the story. It was everybody else around them. And that's what happens in our lives. When we remove Jesus from being the star of the story, we have nothing but mess that goes on. But he invites us 
to receive his grace. That's why he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, come to me all who are later, who all, who all has burdens. He says, come to me. It is an invitation that he wants all of us to receive him. Second reason. The cross is the greatest picture of grace is because it invites those who needs God's grace. The third reason, third reason is this. Third reason the cross is the greatest picture of grace is this. It invests in those who acknowledge their sinful nature. It invests in those who acknowledge their sinful nature. Here we go in verse 40. He says, but the, uh, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since we are under the same sentence, Verse 41, he says, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. Okay, how many of us actually take responsibility for our own actions? None of us. If you got teenagers, they never do nothing wrong. It is always somebody else's fault, especially if they have siblings. I'm still trying to figure out how is it in my house that whenever something goes wrong, that my daughter or my son, neither one of them did it. I'm still trying to figure that out. How, how, how is that possible? Now, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was Parker. No, no, no. It wasn't Parker. It was Preston. And I'm saying, and, and, and my wife gets very upset with that because she's like, Pat, somebody lying. <laughs> and I know they lying. Teenagers are the same way, but, but you know what? Adults are the same way too. They're the same way. We will not take accountability for when we do things wrong. We're always passing the boat, to, the boat to somebody else. And if you don't believe it, go back and read Genesis chapter three. Adam said, Gee, God, it's your fault. You gave it to me. That's why it happened. It's, I, I was minding my business. I was minding my business. You gave me this woman. She's beautiful. She's fine. But you gave it to me. She made me do it. We, we, we won't take responsibility for our own stuff. But when we, when we acknowledge our sinful nature, God is willing to invest in us. He is willing to help us. How do I know that? How do I know that? That God said, he said in verse 41, he said, we are, we are punished justly, but we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then in verse 42, he asked Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. Jesus was willing to invest in a person because the guy was willing to acknowledge that he didn't have it all together. He was willing to acknowledge, I don't have it all together. I don't have this life figured out. God, Jesus, was giving him grace. It's the same thing that happened with David, who waited a full year to confess to a sin that he committed. He didn't confess until he was confronted by Nathan. And then God gave him grace. And if you read Psalm 51, David says, God, don't take your, don't, don't Push me out of your presence. Why? Because David knew he needed God's grace. I need God's grace. You need God's grace. You need God's grace to be married in this day and age. Amen, somebody. You need God's grace to be able to raise kids. The mess that the schools are teaching them, God bless them. Lord Jesus. It's like a free-for-all. Everybody's come. Just do whatever you want. Live the way you want to live. It's a free for all. And then we come back, your kids come back home and we're wondering why they're so messed up. You need God's grace to be able to navigate through that. That's why it's so important for raising the next generation. That's why it's so important for, for your kid to be in student ministry. That's why it's so important for us to have leaders. Why? Because kids need God's grace. They need it. 
But you don't get it until you acknowledge it. I got to acknowledge there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. I need God's grace in my life. The Bible tells us of a son, the particle son, sorry, the particle son, the son comes to the dad. He's like, hey, dad, give me everything. Give me all my stuff right now. Give me all my money. I want it right now. Give it to me. Give me everything. So the dad says, okay, I'll give it to you. Dad gives it to him. Son goes out. And can't know he did. he does. He lives wild. He goes to every club in Augusta. <laughs> every party he's there. He is living it up until he realizes, man, I don't have what my dad gave me anymore. The Bible says that he came to his senses and then he went back to the dad. Now, the dad could have said, no, son, stay where you are. I don't want you here. But the Bible also says that what dad was there waiting on the son. Why? Because the dad was willing to invest in the son because the dad knew that the son needed his grace. He knew that. And it's the same thing that happens with God. It's the same thing that happens with Jesus. Same thing. When we acknowledge that grace comes our way. When we acknowledge our sins, two things happen. Our direction changes and our disposition changes. When you read the story of this guy in the Bible, the criminal, the Bible says that Jesus told him, today you will build me in paradise. This dude didn't go to a class. But he wasn't baptized. Jesus made a decision and he made a promise and told this guy, because you have acknowledged where you are, now I can work in your life. Now I can work in your life. The same thing that happens in our lives. When you acknowledge, hey, I can take inventory of my life. Now I can see how God can work in my life. That's when it happens. The fourth reason the cross is the greatest picture of grace is because it inspires us to be like Jesus. How many, how many people want to be like Jesus? Anybody want to be like Jesus? Amen. I'm glad that you raised your hand. So my question is this, what are you going to do today that you didn't do yesterday so that you can be a, pers- a better person tomorrow? If your goal is to be like Jesus, what are you going to do today to make your life better so that you can be like Jesus? Because this is the thing. If you say, I want to be like Jesus, it is going to take some sacrifice on your side. It's going to take you giving up of yourself. That's the reason why we can't walk by the flesh. We have to walk by the spirit. And when God invests in us, he gives us his spirit so that we can be sanctified, so that we can live holy lives, so that we can be more like him. Around this place, we, I've been here for years, we always say this, we want to make Jesus famous. Why is that? Why is that? Because he is the star of the story. And when I make Jesus famous in my life, God begins to work in my life to the point I look more like him and not like Pat. It's all about him. It's not about me. It's all about him. And this is what the verse 42 says. He says, then Jesus, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him. Truly, I tell you today, not tomorrow. Today. Everybody say today. Today you will be with me in paradise. That was a song, um, a commercial that came out um, years ago. Um, it was Michael Jordan and the Gator, Gatorade commercial. Anybody remember that 1991? I remember it. It's because it's I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted some, some shoes like Mike, but Lord knows my parents said they were not doing that. They cost way too much. And the commercial, like, you know, it says, sometimes I dream 
That he is me. That's how I dream to be. And all the kids you can see, like they're like uh, flying in the air because everybody wanted to be like Mike. And when they wanted to be like Mike, they went and got Michael Jordan shoes. They got the shirt. They got everything that Mike had because they wanted to be like Mike. If you're saying you want to be like Jesus, what are you going to do in order to be like him? Are you going to put the shoes on? Are you going to put on grace so that you can be like him? Because you will never experience grace until you have an encounter with Jesus. You won't experience it. This guy had an encounter with God, had an encounter with Jesus to the point that he saw that Jesus was innocent. And he said, man, I want to be like that guy. God, will you allow me to be into your kingdom? And Jesus says, yes, you will be in my kingdom today. Jesus was promising him eternal security. He was promising him peace. He was promising him amazing love. And more than anything, he was promising him amazing grace because he wanted to be like Jesus. He was there. That criminal saw everything that took place. He saw how they treated Jesus. He saw how Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So who would not want to be like a guy like that? In the midst of everybody slapping you, spitting on you, mistreating you, that Jesus was willing to say, God, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That is the greatest picture of grace. Is that we should inspire to be like him. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So why? The reason why the cross is the greatest picture of grace is because of Jesus. And it's if that's the greatest picture of grace, we should all strive to be like him. Everybody, everybody can stand real quick. Everybody stand. There is something that happens in our lives when we begin to trust God. And I'm praying even now that you begin to trust God. You trust God with the grace that he's given you. You trust God with everything that's going on in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what challenges that you may have. I have no idea, but God knows. And because God knows, God wants to make sure that you experience his amazing grace. So what's going to happen now is this. I'm going to pray and the band is going to go into a song. And the song talks about what happened on Calvary. What happened, what happened at that moment, it allowed us to experience God's amazing grace. It's all about him, y'all. It's all about him. And because it's all about him, our ultimate goal is to be like him so that we can experience his amazing grace. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much, God, for these people. Thank you so much, God, for who you are in our lives and just for what you're doing. God, we ask even now in the name of Jesus, as we get ready just to worship you in this moment, I pray, God, that people begin to 
to listen to the words of the song, that they begin to talk to you, have a conversation with you, and that they realize, God, that even though you are the star of the story, you have invited us in so that we can experience your amazing grace. And that our ultimate goal is to be like you. But in order for us to do that, God, we got to trust you. So God, I pray right now, God, that you have your way in this moment. Open our hearts that we may just sing and just lift praises to you. God, we trust you and we give this moment to you and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.